Thank you to Toby and Natasha for reading the scripture for us this morning. My name is Nick, and I'm the associate minister here at Knox. And we have this greeting that we practiced a couple weeks ago, and so I'm going to see if we can remember how to do it together. Friends, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Unless you have family or friends who observed the Orthodox celebration of Easter last week, it has probably been a couple of weeks since you said and received that greeting. Mostly, we've moved on from Easter, haven't we? We're probably looking forward to the May long weekend next and, Lord willing, some barbecue weather. The good news of Easter seems to be something that we can quickly move past. Last week, our guest preacher, Dr. Sterling, asked us this question. If there was no resurrection of Jesus from the dead, what impact would that have on your life? I wonder if for some of us, the answer is simply that there would be one fewer long weekend to look forward to. Maybe for some of us, the answer would be that it would mean that we only invite our family and friends to church now just one time a year at Christmas instead of the really wonderful two times a year we're managing right now. The truth about resurrection is that it offers life and hope to the world, even to you and to me, and that every time the gospel is preached and Jesus' resurrection is announced, God offers new life through him. So then, more than just how has Jesus' resurrection impacted you over the last several years, over your life, I wonder what has Easter changed about your life this year as you receive that good news again? That may be a challenging question for you to answer. As we consider the scripture reading for this morning from the Revised Common Lectionary, words which many Christians around the world will pause to consider with us today, we are shown this picture of disciples whose lives have not changed very much at all, it seems. Seven of the remaining disciples have gone fishing. They've just gone fishing. The former fishermen have returned to their trade, returned to their work. This chapter opens as if not only the resurrection of Jesus had not happened, but as if Jesus' entire earthly ministry and his personal teaching of these men hadn't happened either. The briefly fishers of men are now fishers of fish once more. Was it all some sort of fever dream? Was it a couple of years sabbatical from their labors by the Sea of Galilee, but now it was time to get back to work? Was it just some misguided adventure that was best left forgotten? Perhaps they could have thought it was any of these things, if not for the resurrection. Then we must wonder, are they still unaware of Jesus' resurrection? Have they not been told that he was raised from the dead? Also, no, our story began today. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples. They have seen the risen Christ already. They've known about his resurrection. Yet not only does it seem that their lives have not changed because of the good news of Easter, they in fact may have regressed. Regressed. 
strange comfort though it may be, for those of us who are struggling with our faith, who don't know how Easter and resurrection life fits into our experience of our lives and of this world, you are not alone. For those of us for whom Easter is more of a challenge than an encouragement, you too are not alone. For those of us who really don't know where we should go after the empty tomb or what we should do with this joyful knowledge of our risen Lord, you also are not alone. The fishermen by trade have seen and experienced the thing which changes everything else, and they've returned to their boats and to their nets and to their lake and they go fishing again. Nothing has changed. It's back to life and back to business as usual. Maybe that's been your experience over these last two weeks too. We had a tremendous celebration of Easter and then back to business as usual, back to regular life. It's not just that they're fishing on the Sea of Galilee that's not changed. There's something else that hasn't changed as well. They're not catching anything. And still more that doesn't change. Jesus calls out to them, haven't you any fish? No. Throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And of course they do. All of this has happened before, and it clicks for John first. This man calling out to them is the Lord. Peter jumps into the lake, and the disciples tow in their catch. For so many, these are the details which catch their imaginations in this passage. A miraculous catch of fish, another resurrection sighting of the Lord, Peter's continued enthusiasm, which we frequently heard featured in Mark's gospel. But for me, the thing which stands out in this whole passage and where I would like to linger with you this morning is what happens next. It says, when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. If I were to make those headings that appear in the Bible, this whole section I would call Jesus's Beach Barbecue. That's how I remember this story, and it's probably good that I don't come up with those headings for the Bible. Jesus is hosting a breakfast barbecue on the beach for his friends. That probably sounds really good to a lot of us right about now. A sunny beach, good food, community. What a good friend Jesus is. I learn so much from this barbecue. First, we see a better picture of what resurrection life is like. Jesus, who is the firstborn from the dead, who is the first fruits of the new creation, he cooks for his friends and he serves them food and he eats with them. These resurrection sightings weren't just ghostly apparitions, they were a flesh and bone person who continued to enjoy the goodness of the warmth of coals, of well-cooked food, of meals shared with others. 
Surely if this is how the risen Christ spends his time, these will not only be the kinds of things which we can anticipate participating in, in the new heavens and the new earth, but these are also the actions of resurrection life still in our world today. We don't need to wait for the reconciliation of all things to cook some food and invite some people over who can use it. We don't need to wait until the return of our Lord to love people who are lost and hurting and confused and to befriend our neighbor. This is not just resurrection life for heaven someday when we die. This is resurrection life for today. This is what Jesus is inviting us into in simple actions of love and kindness and the community. The story doesn't stop there, however. The barbecue is fully prepared. Fish and bread are ready to be shared. And Jesus says to his friends, bring some of the fish you just caught. Why? Has he not prepared enough? Did he not realize just how many disciples were in the boat? That seems unlikely, given that he was capable of getting fish and bread himself. And in fact, he's the only reason why the disciples have any fish to share at all. When we think about barbecues, much like when we think about most meals, I think we naturally think about community. We long for community. When that community is family, the people don't just come over and enjoy it, but they help. Whether they're assigned setting the table or preparing a specific food or doing the dishes. Jesus invites his friends, his disciples, and invites us to be a part of God's family. This is what resurrection makes possible even as he no longer calls his disciples servants, but friends. In the resurrection, we see that Jesus soon begins to call them brothers. And brothers help. They participate in preparing the family meal. They work in the family business. God longs to see all of us in resurrection life, welcoming us into his family. Our call to participation is the call of this new way of death and of life. And God makes a way for us to participate in the ongoing work of our elder brother Jesus as his spirit continues to announce his ongoing work in this world. Even as Jesus directs his disciples to their catch of fish and then he invites them to share those fish on his fire. Finally, I see so much in this barbecue about restoration. It wasn't only that the disciples were being invited to participate as as people who Christ has chosen to make equal to him, but in fact that they were being restored to a place where they had fallen from or turned away from. We see this most explicitly later on as Jesus questions Peter three times, do you love me? And Peter is hurt because he's reminded of his three times denial of the Lord. But he three times answers, yes, I love you. And is three times given new instructions, feed my sheep. Peter has been restored from being some apostatizing disciple who denied his teacher now to being a shepherd who is entrusted with the owner's flock. 
Peter has been called to ministry once more. But it wasn't only Peter who needed this new call to ministry. He may have announced, I'm going fishing first, but there were six others who were keen to join him. Most of them had never made it to the cross with Jesus, though Jesus hints that Peter will himself eventually take that journey. And all of them, all of these disciples are in need of forgiveness for their stubborn refusal to hear the words of Jesus to them, to believe in his gospel without seeing it, and to follow his commands even when they seemed hopeless. Peter receives the most explicit restoration in this passage. But I believe that Jesus helped his disciples to catch some fish in order that he might invite them to bring those fish to his meal. Jesus is inviting his disciples to participate in his work. And more than that, he is inviting them beyond this one meal to participate in his ongoing work and all the other work which he does as well. Does he need them to do it? No. Just as he didn't need their fish for the barbecue to be a success, he doesn't need them to participate in his work for his kingdom to be revealed. But in the same way, God doesn't require that we participate in God's work for God's will to be done. And that's good news. It's good news that the barbecue could happen even when the disciples couldn't catch fish. And it's good news that God's will will be done even though we will all falter and fail and stray at times. The pressure is off of us. Jesus can feed us without our help. God can provide for the needs of the world without our participation. But God desires that we would participate in revealing his kingdom, in joyfully bringing that which we have, which also came from God, and offering it back to him, that it might be put to a purpose beyond what we could have thought of for it. The last time Jesus helped the disciples to catch fish, he invited them to join his new work that they might become fishers of men. It was not only Peter who needed restoration. All of these disciples needed restoration to be called back to that work which Jesus invited them to. And it's not only Peter that was reminded of the way that he fell away from Christ. All the disciples have been reminded as Jesus reenacts their calling for them. But this time he does not speak that invitation. Rather, he offers a new one. Bring some of the fish you have caught. The fish they have caught caught only by the power of their Lord, and caught not for their gain at the marketplace, but for their participation in the work that Jesus had already begun on the beach with that fire, unbeknownst to them. Jesus is inviting his disciples to do his work once more. Not this time by saying, be fishers of men, nor only in the work of cooking breakfasts on the beach but also the work which he does, which is healing the sick and proclaiming good news to the poor, which is re releasing captives and showing God's love and favor to all who will receive it. In many ways, by saying, bring some of the ones you have caught, Jesus is not only speaking of fish. He speaks also of the people who the disciples will share the good news with, 
that by his leading and the Spirit's power will be caught in that magnificent net of the kingdom of God. Bring these also to the feast, Jesus says. Invite them as well. The work continues on. What we have is still not enough. You too have been invited by Jesus to bring some of what you have to participate in the work of God in the world. You too have been invited to share the good news with people who you see and to see that they may yet be caught up in the power and the love of the coming kingdom of God and to gladly bring them into the community of God and the meal which Jesus prepares for us in the world even still, even today. The resurrection of Jesus remains an invitation to you this morning an invitation for resurrection life today. Life like we see Jesus modeling for us, who cares for the needs of his friends. An invitation to be the family of Christ and to join him in the new ways of co-laboring in the fields of the world, in spotting where Jesus is at work and to join him wherever he is with whatever we have. We all have wounds which we're nursing. Peter was nursing a wound that day. The disciples felt shame about how they had turned away from the Lord. We all have these hurts and wounds that we're nursing, ways we have failed these invitations of God before, challenges we face in living out the resurrection or in joyfully joining Jesus when his road is hard. But in his resurrection, we see that Jesus is raised saying, peace, peace, where once there was no peace. And he has become our peace for us. He has restored us to be children of the Father, his brothers and sisters. And he has made a way for us to join in his work, which God is already going about doing, not only on a beach in Galilee, but in the streets and laneways of Harvard Village, on the campus of the University of Toronto, throughout this great city that is so in need of God's love and to the whole world which God is working to reconcile and to restore. May we hear Jesus' invitation to new life, to new family, to new work. May we hear his invitation, which his resurrection offers to us, And may we joyfully respond that we may yet see the ways Easter continues to change our lives and to change our world. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We want to leave you a couple of minutes to pray and to reflect. And so it's a simple invitation to prayer today. And I'll begin the prayer and then leave space for you to pray a little longer. And the invitation is simply this, that pray that Jesus would invite you into his life in a fresh way today, and that you may use what you have to join in his work. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for the image of a barbecue on the beach, for the image of you raised in power and splendor, cooking and serving and eating loving people who you love and inviting them to join you in that work to the world. 
We pray for ourselves and for our church now. We ask that you would hear our prayers, that you would invite us into your life in ways that we can know and experience it, that you would give us joy in the work that you've provided for us to do for your kingdom's sake.